Welcome to My Aligned Purpose, the podcast. I am your host, Nicole McClellan. I'm a mindset expert and NLP business coach. Together with my business partner, Kayla Pilecki, we founded My Aligned Purpose, which is a coaching and educational training company for women entrepreneurs. I am so obsessed with learning and teaching everything to do with mindset, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and money. My past experiences as a high school teacher, yoga and mindfulness instructor, world traveler, starting and retiring a nonprofit organization, as well as writing a best-selling book, F All Led Me Here, on the MAP podcast. I have always been told that I have this really special way of blending science and spirituality when it comes to mastering the deep connection between our bodies and our minds. My goal on this podcast is to show you the limitless possibilities that await you in your business and your life. I aim to inspire, educate, and have really juicy conversations with other women entrepreneurs to inspire you to live life on your terms. Tune into this podcast for your weekly personal development. You will feel well-equipped with strategies, inspiration, tools, and magic to go about living your best day. Because after all, how we spend our days is how we live our lives. So are you ready to master your mindset and get rich in the process? Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're here at My Aligned Purpose, the podcast and Map TV. We're recording for both platforms today. I'm your host, Nicole McClellan. I am so looking forward to today's conversation. I have here with me today, Jill Vaglin. And I always like to share if I have a connection to the person that I'm speaking to, how I've come to know them, and then um, we'll invite Jill in to uh, intro herself. But I had the pleasure actually of meeting Jill for the first time last August. Um, so almost a year ago now, and we were both doing a training, a module for CTI, our coach training program. And Jill and I got partnered up a few times and every single time we got together, it was like the waterworks show and all the emotions. And we were just like, I felt like such a great support system for one another. It was an instant connection for sure. And it's been so fun to um, watch over the last year, Jill, like just how you've shown up um, on a social media presence, I suppose. And that's how lots of people are seeing one another these days. Um, you know, with COVID and how you've navigated um, aspects of life that have looked different for you because of this pandemic and, and just all the things that you're passionate about and what's happening for you and what you're doing for yourself and your community. So I've loved personally um, being witness to that. And I know we only ever see like, you know, one morsel of somebody's life on social media. Uh, what I have seen has been really inspiring and great. And so welcome to the podcast, the MAP TV today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It really is such a treat. And it's so crazy that we've never met in person. We have only ever seen one another in this way. Um, the goal I know is at one point we will have a glass of wine face to face. We'll get to hug and say hello in person. And I can't wait for that. But yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah absolutely. So Jill, why don't you tell us um, some things that I think people always love to hear is like, who are you? Who is Jill? What do you love to do? Where are you calling in from? And sort of what's going on in your life right now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's a big one. Who are you? We'll just keep it real simple for right now. Uh, again, my name is Jill Veglin and I live in Los Angeles. I actually live in Los Angeles proper. My zip code 
is Los Angeles, um, which is kind of cool because I think you people in LA, it's so big and so broad. There's all these little pockets and there's little towns and cities. But yeah, I'm in LA. Um, I currently work as head of people, so head of HR for a really cool public relations agency. We're based in San Diego. We also have an office in New York City. We're growing a ton right now. We're female-owned and operated PR agency in the tech space, which is pretty unusual. So we work with venture-backed tech startups, and I oversee the whole team. So a lot of engagement with our team and coaching and things like that. I love it. I, I'm now coaching, I think, six of our team members. And I just really, really, yeah, I really enjoy it a ton. Um, as we were just sort of briefly talking about before we got rolling, I founded and run a program with incarcerated youth, which we'll probably get into that a little bit. It's called STRONG, stands for Stopping Teenage Recidivism Through Opportunity and Growth, and recidivism is just a really big, scary sounding word um, for repeat behavior, specifically repeat criminal behavior, although it can be used much broader, but repeat behavior um, that causes someone to be reincarcerated. So back in jail more than one time. If you've been in jail twice, you're a recidivist. So stopping teenage recidivism through opportunity and growth is a way to try to reduce the recidivism specifically for younger people before they hit the age of 18 and then they're in the prison system and it's a whole different ballgame. Right. So that is just coming back to life very slowly because COVID, it, all the prisons and jails shut down. So we're starting to get back into that. And then, as I mentioned as well, I'm right in the middle of a 31-day workout challenge that I do twice a year um, with a very large group of people, and it's growing, and I run that. It's all social media-based, and we're on day, what's today, day 12? Day, day 12? July 12th. Yeah. So yeah, we're on day 12 of that, that challenge. Um, and then who I am, I mean... You know, it's a really interesting, it's such a good question. And the truth is I've really spent most of my life, I think because I was taught from a young age based on uh, my family and my religion and my community to be a good person. Like mm. that was it, right? Which can sound very big and like, okay, what does that mean? Um, but I've spent most of my life trying to be a good person, which to me means being kind, thinking of others, showing up for people, um, making sure they feel seen and that they matter and that they're valued. And I think I've spent most of my life doing that. And I think I did it. Like I'm a good person. And I can say that now, like check. Yes. <laughs> like pat yourself on the back for that. Yes. You hundred percent are a good person. Did it. And You're now Thank you. Thank you. But now I'm trying recognizing I can integrate all these other pieces of me that I think really got backburnered because it was all about be good. And that's it. Like nothing else matters. And so I think I really deprioritized or really just like muted a lot of parts of me because I was so focused on being good. Um, and I'm recognizing now beautiful. I mean, there's so many gifts from that. And I, I, my life is so beautiful because of it, but I think there are a lot of sides of me that I really ignored. And so I'm starting to like explore those parts of me and mm -hmm. honor that I'm, I'm the good person. I don't have to worry about that so much anymore. That's, that's locked in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where to even begin. So, so many great things. How about, um, I know my own curiosity and I guess if I get to host this, then I get to ask the questions I'm curious about is, <laughs> What got you into the work of Strong LA? Like what, yeah. because that seems um, very different than your uh, like people work with this public relations um, yeah. company. So two very different parts of you. And, well, I guess three very different parts of you, the aspect and the desire to like drive people to find that motivation to work out and move their body. And you are always working out. I'm like, man, she's so motivated. <laughs> And so 
let's start there. What got you into being really passionate with the incarcerated youth? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really powerful story and um, it's for me, I'm, I, I love that question as well. And I actually assume most of the time there's some sort of personal element and that's not necessarily the case, but there is for me. So usually I assume if someone's really passionate about something that they've like dedicated a large portion of their life to it, there's got to be some sort of personal tie. And I'm always surprised when that isn't the case. I'm just like, wow, how do we get more people to not have to be personally impacted to give a shit? Like that's something I really spent a lot of time thinking about because I was personally impacted by incarceration. My younger brother, who is four years younger, than me and my cousin, who is maybe two and a half, three years younger than me. Um, my brother is white and my cousin is black. And everyone always asks, how is that possible? It's really quite simple, right? My aunt was white, her husband was black, her partner was black, and I have a black, black family members. Um, and so they were both drug addicts in their early 20s. And through their drug addiction, a lot of crime, they just tend to go hand in hand. They um, were involved in a crime where they robbed a convenience store and a gun was involved. And when you are, I worked in criminal defense for many years as well. So I worked in the legal system. And when you are both, when mutually involved in a crime, you are charged the same, your co-defendants. So they were both involved in the crime. They were both charged with robbery, mayhem, um, assault with a deadly weapon, multiple felonies. And um, my brother, again, white and my cousin black. And my brother got a four-year prison sentence and my cousin, my black cousin, which is important, got a 23-year prison sentence. So, no. yeah. Yeah. And I saw it just play out in my, my, my own life, the racism in our, in our, you know, prison system. Yeah. It's startling. And it's, and it's, and this is the reality, like this isn't new and this continues to this day. Um, my cousin is, you know, from lower socioeconomic background, we were middle-class, so we had a little more funds. Um, but even then we didn't pay for a fancy lawyer for my brother because this had been a cycle for him now this had been years of him and his drug addiction from through his teens into his early 20s um but again just him being white benefited him and he did not uh, take the hit that my cousin did and my cousin served gosh 16 years um he's out now and doing amazingly well and him and my brother are, are like super close and they're both out and they're both doing incredibly well and thriving and it's really amazing yeah it's a beautiful story it did my cousin was robbed for a lot from a lot of his life I think I think a wildly unfair um sentence for a first offense as well and no one was no one was killed no one was there was no murder or anything like that but a gun was involved and when a gun is involved it does make charges much more serious so it was through seeing that disparity and see, through seeing that that injustice and also recognizing that my brother who had every opportunity every resource could go down this path children who don't have these opportunities and don't have these resources they need to know that there are other options. They need to know there are tools that they can they can rely on themselves because maybe they don't have the opportunity. They don't have the resources that my brother had. And what what can we offer them? So the program really evolved. I've now been doing it for over seven years. It started as kind of a mentorship program where I would bring people in who are entrepreneurs doing really cool shit in Los Angeles. And you'd be like, hey, here's a career opportunity you might not have thought of. Or they'd say, hey, I want to do, I want to, I want to own a barbershop. So I'd find like a cool entrepreneur who ran a barbershop and I'd bring them in to talk about it. So they could kind of talk about how kids could get into these different careers. And it was through. Can I just ask, when you say bring them in, do you mean bring them into like, uh, where the youth 
are incarcerated? Yes. So they're called juvenile detention centers. So they're like, they're jails for kids. Yes. That's where I would bring speakers in. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And the people who were like head of these centers, was it an easy process to be like, can I come in and try and like enrich their lives and bring like betterment to their lives? No, it's a very difficult process, surprisingly, to get into jail or prison if you haven't been arrested, right? If you're not like being court ordered to go there, it's actually really difficult to get into a prison or jail to offer programming. So I piggybacked in through this larger, larger organization called New Earth. They do really cool stuff in Los Angeles. And um, I piggybacked in through them. And then I, when I established Strong as its own entity and its own program, I was able then, and I'd also established myself at this point, I had rapport, I got to know people in the system, I had a really good reputation. So then I was able to break off and go on my own and now and be, yeah, be strong and come in without without new earth but it's not easy okay okay sorry yeah i thought it was just a redirect some like so many questions i'm like you just keep hitting me with questions please yeah Yeah. okay so um you would bring in the people like entrepreneurs and different things like that um what what do you feel like so far you can look back on the work that you've done with strong and and uh, be like i I see that this made a difference. Mm. <laughs> That's a really good question. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that, right? I think people get really hung up on needing to see the difference, needing to like, where's the proof that what I'm doing matters? Like, I need to show you, I need the trophy, I need the documentary, I need the thing to be like, see what I'm doing has an impact. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think people get very hung up on that. And I actually think that's oftentimes what stops people from doing it because they feel like if they're not going to change someone's life, then what's the, what's the point, right? If I'm not going to really make a real impact, what's the point? So I've struggled with this myself because there was a period there where I was like, I'm not making an impact. The kids I was, the kids I was seeing as time would wear on, they, you know, I'd meet them when they were 16 and then I'd hear about them two years later getting 25 to life in prison. So Mm -hmm. I, I, if you, especially the work that I'm doing, if you get hung up on, on what their outcome's going to be, the statistics still, the odds are so stacked against these kids that I, I couldn't, if for me, it was just show up consistency most of these kids don't have that kind of consistency in their lives so it's just for me the impact is that I show up and I keep showing up and even when the jails shut down or the jails don't give me my clearance or I'm told I can't come back to that particular facility I find a way to get to another one and I just keep showing up so one day I do hope like I have a really dear friend who's a mentor Dan Seaver he runs an amazing program called Manifest Works and he really did mentor me when I first got into the jails I was working directly with him. Um, He now has incredible stats for this program that he's established, Manifest Works. It's a beautiful nonprofit and it employs people all over Los Angeles. It's amazing. And he's got the stats, right? So he gets all the funding and all of these things. I think eventually that is probably the path I'll take where I do need to get into, okay, look, I've got the statistics to show you. Um, But for now, it's just a small program that I run where I have volunteers who come and help me out. My main mission is just that consistency and showing up, letting these kids know that I see them, there is value in them. They can do hard things. They can get out of their comfort zone. Um, They can recognize that our comfort zones are often the most 
our comfort zones are the things that will often hurt us the most, right? Yeah. Like that's where we can actually do the most damage to ourselves because we're comfortable and we think, well, this is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I know. This is what's expected of me. I'm told I'm a bad kid. So this is where bad kids go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to, to really answer your question, I, I don't know that I will ever get to really see that kind of a difference um, in these kids' lives. And I don't have that expectation. I just want them to know that I'm there. Do you see it in your life? Like, oh, oh my God. Seven years yeah. I feel the impacts in, in your own life. Oh, immensely. I mean, immensely. And I tell these kids all the time, like, And you know this, Nicole, you're a very passionate person who lives with purpose. When you are living your purpose, and we have, there's so many purposes, right? There's so many different ways you can feel you're living your purpose. I think people also get hung up on that too, of like, what's my one purpose? Mm. It's everywhere. It's every day. And there are many ways that I think- Seasonal. Yes. Like not, not mother nature's seasons, but our own seasons. Like, you know, I will eventually get to this question. And I guess maybe I could ask it to you right now is, um, you know, what do you believe is your purpose in this season of life? And maybe your season of life changes tomorrow. Oh, it's- right now, what, what's your purpose in Jill version, whatever, right now in this moment? That's a great question. And it's different than it's ever been because right now my purpose for, like I said, the focus for most of my life was be a good person, which meant externally, I needed to prove to everyone else that I was a good person and then I could believe it or then I somehow that's where my worth came from and Mm. now through COVID where I live alone I'm single and I spent I have spent more time alone in this last year and a half than I have ever in my entire life and probably will the rest of my life it was so much time alone that I had to face the shadow of me. I also had to face the persona, this like this, this person who was so caught up in all of the external things that validated me, that made me, me, that made me feel worthy. And they were gone. Literally every single thing in my life that gave me validation was gone. And I I felt worthless. I had like full dark night of the soul, full Mm -hmm. crisis, like of, of self and identity and recognize that this persona, this person, that I, this personality that I had created through conditioning and family and, and reward and all of these things um, serves me in a lot of great ways, but also really hurts me in a lot of ways and kind of keeps me playing small and keeps me um, safe and warm and cozy. Again, that comfort zone, right? Where no so, growth in the comfort zone. No, no growth in the comfort zone. They're just, it's so true. There just isn't. And mm. so I'm learning, um, who I really, really am. Like, who am I really without my personality? Who am I really without these external validations? How do I feel worthy when the world shuts down and I have nothing but me? Where, Mm -hmm. where does that come from? And how do I honor that? And how do I feel peace at home when it's just me? Um, So that's really right now, I think my purpose, and it's a, it's uncomfortable still. It's, it's very, because I just want to get those like pops of validation and, and do what I'm used to doing. Um, yeah. What, um, what have you learned about yourself that you felt fallen in love with in all this time with yourself? Wow. That's a good question. Um, wow. I really, I really like myself. Like what a gift. And I, and I know that's a gift because I know a lot of beautiful, amazing people who don't like themselves and it breaks my heart. And I like myself. I like 
the way I, I, I like the way I show up for myself. I like the way I show up for other people. Um, I like that. I like to have fun and play and be silly. I like, you like to dance. I like to dance. I like to dance. And I don't know if you know this, but like truly one of my biggest dreams. And I'm, I'm a woman. I'm born female. I identify as one female. Um, I want to be a drag queen, like desperately, desperately. Oh yeah. I have drag queen dreams. Like, and I, and I know I, I can do it. Like it will happen. I will perform in a stage in San Francisco one day and like not, not too far off, um, full drag. Cause they would, they do allow women to, to like step into shows. Um, so yes, I love to lip sync and dance cause I can't sing. I cannot carry a tune, but I will perform the hell out of like a lip sync. <laughs> Okay. What's going to be your, like, everybody goes, okay, let's two questions here. Do you have your drag queen name? No, oh my God. No, but you know what? No, but I was, oh, actually I have to be very careful. <laughs> I, in high school, I was raised Mormon. So I was raised very religious. I was a very good girl. I didn't drink. I wasn't having sex. I was just a good girl who I was, I had good friends. I was popular enough. Like I, I was well-liked, um, but I also was silly and goofy. And with my girlfriends, we would crank call. Like we would literally crank call people. And I have this character um, that to this day, I actually haven't owned. We, we literally are, I'm famous in my high school for it. Although no one to this day knows it's me. So I have held this identity and I can't say her name. She has a name. She's androgynous. It's kind of, um, you don't know what gender she is. She's very fluid. And um, I can't say her name, but, um, but, if, <laughs> but it could be that, it could be that. In LA, if there's a new drag queen stepping on the stage, is that the name that they are going to carry? Maybe I'd have to tweak it a little. I can tell you this angel is part of her name. Angel is her first name. So I could see that, right? I could see angel because it's part of her first name. And I feel like that could work for a drag name, but we'll see. Okay. And what is going to be, do you think, Angel's like go-to song? People are like, oh yeah, she lip sings this the best. Oh God. So my, this like song that I love and I've always loved is Dolly Parton's nine to five. Like I just, I just love it so much. And that song comes on and I'm just like tapping my feet and I just can't like, yes. So possibly nine to five, although, um, a Whitney Houston song. I mean, you can't go. There's so much power in a Whitney Houston song. Mm. Um, yeah. So either Dolly Parton or Whitney Houston. Okay. Well, let me know when I can purchase <laughs> <Thank> it. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Jill, this is, this brings, it's a great segue because you and I have chatted beforehand of like, I love to ask people, what could you talk about all day long? And let's create a podcast around that. And so I always want the people that I'm interviewing to feel like this is easy. This is fun. Yeah. And one of the things that you had mentioned was, um, was this, you know, idea of we can have many purposes and, and they can change over time. And so with you sharing all of that, and we've, and we've touched on this um, aspect of strong and, and what that means to you. And then you also have this challenge going on, this 31 day challenge. And I heard you say you do it twice a year. Mm -hmm. There is a part of you that loves movement and you're so accountable. Like you're always showing up and showing yourself doing the work and tagging the days and, and being there, I assume for yourself, but definitely for your community as well. So what's, 
what's the purpose of that aspect of your life? What does that hold to you? Um, you know, I interest, I just recently read something and I'm going to, I can't remember the name of the doctor who I read it, Dr. Jessica, something, I'll have to look it up, but it was talking about introverts, which that's actually another part of me that I really started to strongly identify with. I think most people who know me would think I'm just fully extroverted because I have an outgoing personality. I'm not shy. I'm not any of the like, um, stereotypical introvert qualities outwardly. Yeah but I am extremely introverted in the way that I recharge and the way that I receive input and energy. And um, I'm just, yeah. And then COVID, I think just really highlighted how introverted I actually am because I, as challenging as it was, I did really well being on my own when I wasn't in those really like dark, dark, dark places. So I say that because I just read something from this woman that talked about introverts require really intense exercise like that can be an introverted thing because it's a it's a release you're like shedding and getting rid of all of the energy and all of the stuff that you've taken on from the day and I have wondered like I I crave very intense exercise like I don't do well with slow chill I like I need my heart rate up I need to be covered in sweat I need to be moving because when I'm moving very intensely um, and quickly and and hard I'm not in my head at all. I am just so in my body, like fully embodied. There's not a thought in my head other than how strong I feel, how capable I feel, um, how much harder I can go. And I don't think that's for every, I know that's not for everyone, but I genuinely, oh, I <laughs> yeah, it's not for, I think for many people. And I, I've wondered, gosh, why is it that I'm built that way? Cause it's not, it's not that I think it's what I'm supposed to do. I spend a lot of time thinking about that as well. I think with exercise and, and to answer your question with this specific challenge, I tweaked the rules a little. There are these very like sort of specific rules that you're supposed to do for each 31 day challenge, like work out with a buddy four times, depending on the year, the time of year, get outside if you can. Um, usually it's get out of your comfort zone. Usually it's try something new because that's actually what this challenge was for me six and a half years ago. I was not mm -hmm. a gym person. You wouldn't catch me in a gym. You wouldn't catch me going to a class. You wouldn't catch me trying anything new. I ran and that's all I had ever done until my mid thirties. And then I like did this challenge and it just changed my whole relationship with exercise and movement and getting out of your comfort zone so this challenge specifically this one we're doing in july is about having fun and listening to your body like really honoring what your body wants and needs not what you think you're supposed to do not what like the person you follow on instagram does you're like oh well they look good and i want to look like that so i'm gonna do that what does your body want which you i mean you're as a yoga instructor you're very good, I would imagine, at listening to your body and what it wants and needs. Do you do you feel like you're able to do that quite well or no? Um, well, I guess there's a couple pieces to that. So I actually um I actually stopped teaching yoga in March. I, I have this remember that. Go ahead. Found insight that yoga was another, I'm like an obsessive learner. I feel like I don't know how to not learn. Like I was saying to my partner yesterday, he was gone for a few days. I mean, a few hours and my period started yesterday and I was in so much pain and I couldn't do anything. And I was like, I should read. I should watch a webinar. I should listen to this podcast. It was like, learn, learn, learn. I was like, should, 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 should. should. And um, I was really realizing it was becoming more and more apparent that Yoga started off for me as something that really supported me and my well-being. And then when I became a teacher, 
I mean, the best um, teachers are students, right? Like I learned that from being a high school teacher as well, like learn and then you will be able to teach. I was attending yoga classes and not being present because the whole time I was thinking, oh, I could take a piece of this into my class or, oh, I like what they said. I hope I remember that. Or that's a good transition or that's a good sequence. And I wasn't being present. And so I was actually like not in my body at all. I was in my head. Whereas when I used to practice yoga, I'd, I'd go to yoga to get out of my head and like stretch and feel good in my body. So since March of 2021, I have been a regular student um, you know, a lot of my students were like, oh, but you're still going to come. Like, why don't you just teach? I'm like, nope, this is not working for my mental health. Yeah. And it's so great. I go to classes. I don't have the switch on at all of like, oh, I could teach that. It's like, no, I'm here to just absorb and be in it. So yes, now that I am fully a student, I know how to like be in my body and listen to my body. Um, but as somebody who is like, uh, do you know, like Clifton strengths? Oh yeah. Yeah. My number one is, uh, intellectualization as somebody who is, I, I need to learn everything. I'm in my brain a lot. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So my brain is always like, okay, now how do you teach this? How do you teach this? Like, I want to be the expert on it and then teach it. So to be in my body is very challenging. That's that's, you know, and I think again, I think most people probably fall into that camp of it's not, not, not to the extent of like, I need to learn, like not to the extent that like intellectualization, which is one of your strengths. But, um, I think a lot of people really struggle with getting into their bodies and Mm -hmm. that's why, why we're in a lot of the places that we're in because everyone's just in their heads. They're not listening to what their bodies are telling them. And I think our bodies are so much more knowledgeable than our brains. Right. I really do. Our our bodies know, they know, and they talk to us all the time. And we're so trained to just tell them to like, fuck off. No, uh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I got this. You shut up. Like, um, you know, and right. So I just, that's what I really wanted for this challenge. And that's something that I've become. So when you say that, like, like, Jill, you're able to like exercise. It's because I listen to my body. And my body says, you need to move. And my body says, you, there's stuff here that you gotta, you gotta get out and you need to move it. And, and sometimes I, it's a walk. Sometimes it's a hike. You know, sometimes it's just sit on the bike for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's go hit a heavy bag. You need to like punch some shit. Sometimes it's, you need to go be in a class and just have someone tell you what to do. So you're not even thinking it's really all over the place. And I think that's what I'm getting better and better and better at doing is because I, again, I see people on Instagram who have insane bodies are so strong. They're so incredible. I'm so inspired by them. And they do kind of the same stuff over and over and over. And that's just not me. Like I need the variety too. I need to mix it up. I need to like, and that's where the listening to my body. It's like, no, today lifting heavy weights doesn't sound good at all. Don't do that. You know, and, and honoring that is become a game changer for me because it actually, I enjoy what I'm doing because my, I listen to my body, tell me what it wants. And then my body's like, oh yes. And I just thrive. And, you know, and, and hearing you say that, and I know at the beginning, um, you did identify like I I do identify as she her I am a female I was born I'm born that way and so I I feel comfortable to say this and as a woman um you know perhaps you have a cycle as well and um I learned from actually somebody that I had on the podcast a few months ago 
um, and she's really into um, those that have uteruses and they're in their reproductive years. Mm. Um, the, and she teaches movement. And she's like, if you think about the four phases of your cycle, like the four seasons, and um, so you, the week before your period is fall, the week of your actual bleed is winter, then uh, the week before ovulation is spring, and then you're ovulating at summer. And she said, if you think about the energy that those seasons carry and how you move your body, like in the dead of winter, most people aren't like, rah, 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 I want, like, I want to run a marathon. But in the heat of summer, you're like, I can stay up all day. I can run and then I can lift weights. And like, if we, as women, if we tune into our bodies and tune into our cycles, there's a lot of power there. No, that's such an incredible way to think about it. I'm, I've certainly never heard that before. Um, that's really interesting. And I'm gonna have to start paying attention to like, oh, this is why my body is like, nope, we're not doing that today. That does not sound good. That's really, really, really amazing. And I like that. And I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that for sure. I can send you, I can send you that episode because she talks about how men actually run on the circadian rhythm and as women, we have the circadian rhythm as well. Like where, yes, we have melatonin when we sleep and we have serotonin when we're awake, but we actually have our own rhythm. So we're not on a 24 hour cycle rhythm. We're on a 28 day cycle rhythm um, and tuning in with that. And I forget the name of it because I'd never heard of it. I was like, I'm today years old when I learned this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like so interesting. So to hear you say that, like, I'm not a, uh, uh, what's the word? I don't love intense exercise. I think the way that like I see perhaps you moving and I'm very aware of like when I feel more motivated to like go do a 10K hike and when I want to just like roll out my mat and like roll around. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Cause I, to be, going to go do a 10 K hike that like requires endurance that requires drive commitment. Like it's such a different, you're asking such a different thing of your body to show up in a completely different way. And if we can just, if we can just do that, if we can just let our bodies decide, right. Rather than be like, no, this is what you're going to do today. And you're going to like it. And I think so many people get hung up on, well, I don't, I don't like exercise, but I know I'm supposed to. And so I just do it. And I'm like, no, you, I, I know everyone can like some form of exercise. It's just, again, very similar to like finding your purpose or your passions there. You got to figure out which one is for you. You can't be like, Oh, well that person has purpose and I like their purpose. So I'm just going to do that and try yeah. it on and be like, Oh, this doesn't feel right. You really do need to try all the different and different ways of moving your body and see what the, the best release is for you and which one your body really responds to. And that's, again, with this challenge, I encourage people to try new things. I do encourage them to get out of their comfort zone, have fun, like exercise. And this, if COVID taught us nothing, exercise does not have to be in a gym, right? Like I'm constantly looking around on hikes, like what log can I jump on? And like, yes. I, I like as a kid, I try to remember as a kid, who would I have been on this hike when I was a child? Like I would have been so curious and I would have been climbing on things and playing on things and just have fun with moving your body it does not need to be this like sludge of like oh well I just gotta do it because I want to look a certain way or my doctor told me to I yeah. think people started really listening to their bodies and trying to have fun with movement um 
I don't know. I think it would be a game changer, but just, uh, yeah, we get, again, we get all stuck in our heads about how it should be and what it should look like. And well, this I'm su such and such years old, so I'm not going to jump on a log. That's not, that's right. Yeah. And I love the saying like, you know, move because, because you love your body, not because you hate your body. Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't like the way I look. So I'm going to yes. like, I love my body. So I'm going to move it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Jill, I'm curious because I know, um, you know, you did CTI as well. And so you are a trained coach. And once again, we had many interactions together. And I know for myself, the profound personal learning and growth that I've had since becoming a coach um, is, yeah, it's nobody could have told me that I would have grown so much. What do you feel like, um, coaching has provided for you personally? I know you offer the service within your company and, um, but what has it done for you? Yeah. I just want to acknowledge when you, when you said it, like you just, you were talking, you were just framing the question and how it impacted you. You just lit up, like truly you just lit. There was like a beam of light around you because I know that how profound it was the session. I think we had where it was oh, yeah. wildly transformative for you. You're like, I'm a different person. And I, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, like I remember we were talking about like our pictures of our nanny and our- Yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes. So I just want to acknowledge, I know that for you. And I, for me, it's been, you know, it's been more of like um, just honoring, learning to honor my innate gifts. I think um, it's so interesting because I'm also someone who's, I'm very curious, but I'm not, I think we're very different. I certainly do not have intellectualization as one of my strengths, um, but I'm, I'm curious, but I'm a learner by doing, I don't want to be in class. I don't want to be like reading a book and studying and taking tests and that has never been my MO. I've, I've done well naturally. I did well in school naturally, but I never really clicked with it. And yeah. I think it's because I'm such a, I'm, I'm a very organic learner and being in CTI, I found it really challenging and I'm actually going to con continue with certification, hopefully starting in August. Um, and I'm really nervous about it because it's going to be a lot of learning and, and studying and following. This is the, these are the steps and this is how you're supposed to do this. And I get really hung up on that and I get in my head. And mm -hmm. again, as someone who is extremely heart centered, um, I don't live in my head. And, and when my head starts to try to like control things, I get way out of whack. I just like, I feel very off. And with CTI, I was in my head, but since then, since now I'm out and I'm coaching and I get to just really lean into my innate skills that CTI certainly helped me recognize. It was like, oh yeah, no, you can do this. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can do this. You got this. This is already in you. You need to just go do it now. Um, the doing part, feels so natural it just feels so natural and before cti i wouldn't have even oh my god i wouldn't have even considered being a coach like i just wouldn't have even considered it and so through cti it it just gave me that um that the affirmation of like this is this is what you should be doing this is a gift of yours and I believe it, right? Like, I don't think I believed it before and I believe it now. And that feels extremely powerful to, to believe that I am a coach. I have this skill, I have this gift. And that just gives me confidence. Yeah, you're incredibly self-aware. I have to say that like the, um, 
in saying this, all of this, and just like the things you've learned um, about your purpose and what you've learned about being on your own, like truly on your own, you know, in your living space as the world was so bizarre for the last however long it kind of, kind of feels like a warp zone yeah, um yeah your self-awareness is quite high um jill i'd love to know what i'm a big person about celebration so i love you know with with anybody that i'm coaching i'm always like okay and how will you celebrate that when are you going to celebrate it what will celebrating look like <laughs> What do you want? So I guess this is like a manifesting goal sort of question, but what do you want to be manif or celebrating at the end of 2021? So it's December 31st, 2021. What are you celebrating about you, your life? Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm celebrating that I made it through a very, the last four and a half years were extremely transitional. I made a huge sacrifice to leave my career in law to take jump ship and pursue another career um, at this PR agency and now with coaching. Um, and there was a lot of sacrifice that came with that because I was basically starting over after working for 10 years and, and doing well. And that sacrifice was hard and lonely at times and isolating and super challenging. And I, I didn't feel a lot of peace. Um, I felt like I was doing on the right path. Like I knew I was going the right direction, but there wasn't a lot of peace or comfort during the last four and a half years. And I'm going to celebrate that. I feel peace. I feel like, I just feel like my God, Jill, you, you, you have made some really difficult choices and you have not taken a path that I think anyone saw for me or would have wanted for me, very unconventional. And I feel so at peace about it. I feel so grateful that I listened to myself and that I listened to my true self and like honored what my heart knew was right for me and not, you know, what society or the world or everyone else would have wanted for me. And it, it worked. It works. So that's what I'll be celebrating. Because it's your path. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How will you celebrate? Oh, that's a good question too. I mean, I really want to go on another big trip. I want to travel. So I really, in 2022, I know, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. So I'd like to, by the end of this year, be like, you are planning a, a big international trip in 2022. If, if the world allows and it feels right, um, it will be, yeah, planning a big, a big 2022 trip. I'll also, I'm a big believer, you know, the end of the year, I'm a big believer in, in celebrating and reflecting. So I'll certainly do that. I'll certainly journal and write about all of the, the things that I'm grateful for 2021, the, the challenges, the, the ups, the downs, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll plan a big trip. Hmm. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So Jill, everybody that's listening, I'm sure is going to be really inspired. I think uh, maybe this is uh, me projecting because it's like, this is what I'm inspired by. Um, but the way that you listen to yourself and how people can listen to themselves. And so I want to know, because I'm sure people will uh, reach out and ask me, 
Um, is there a way people can get connected with you? Um, if so, what does that look like? Where can people find you? And we can make sure that all that gets put into the show notes as well. Well, thank you. That is very kind of you to say. Um, I, yeah, I mean, my Instagram, I'm very active on Instagram. So it's just at Jill Veglin, my first and last name, J-I-L-L-V-E-G-L-A-H-N. Um, I do also have an Instagram for strong, strong two underscores L-A. Um, not super active because we've been on pause for the last year and a half, but that will be coming back. And then if it's, you know, for more than that, or if it's coaching, or if it's just someone wants to just chat and be like, Hey, I really love what you're doing. And that sounds really cool. And I have the same interests. Uh, I do get a lot of people who actually are genuinely interested in doing work with incarcerated youth. And so, and they don't know how to go about it. So if someone's ever interested in that, I'd love to just talk about it and help them understand kind of the path and how to do that. Email is probably the best way, or even my phone number. Like, seriously, you can have people just text me, but my email is my first and last name, Jill Veglin at Gmail. Um, yeah, so those are those are the best ways. I'm on LinkedIn, Jill Veglin. I'm the only, only Jill Veglin, so um, pretty easy to find me that way. Okay, yeah, I'll make sure all that's noted. Um, I was just going to say, how do people work out with you? So if you're in LA... You can just hit me up and be like, hey, there's a cool class or, hey, I want to, you know, just Instagram me. So, so DM me, hit me up in those DMs. I yeah. check them often. Um, if you want to join the challenge, again, I do it twice a year, July and December. So it's a really great way, like midsummer to sort of keep that motivation. And then I love it. A lot of folks feel like December is a really rough time and people make all the excuses in the world to not do a challenge like this in December. There's travel, there's food, it's cold, it's all of the things, but there's something so amazing about ending a year feeling incredibly strong and committed and then going into that next year, you're already ahead of the curve. You've already set yourself up to go into the next year feeling super accomplished and super right. Ready. So um, through the challenges, that's a really great way too to just, if it's, we want to do it virtually, right? If you're like in another part of the country, we do have a lot of folks all over the country who participate and it feels like we're working out together because we do, we, we connect so well over social media. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I know lots of people that love movement um, and I know lots of people that are aspiring to make a difference in the world, whether that be through um, like social justice activism or just using their voice in a way that feels true and powerful to them. So I'm really looking forward to everybody being able to um, listen to this today or watch it, whether they find it, where, whatever platform people find this on. And I just want to say thank you for um, coming on here and sharing that. I never knew the backstory to Strong. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is amazing that you're doing this work and you're, I got to experience the gift of your coaching. You're such an incredible coach and you're so easy to chat to. And lastly, I can't wait to show up and be in the front row of that performance. <laughs> oh, it's happening. Don't you worry. I will let you know. Thank okay. you. Nicole. I just adore you. I just really like, I feel a lot of emotion here right now because you're so comforting and so warm and so easy. And I just feel such a, such a pull to you. And I know that's, that's part of your gift. It's just who you are, but, um, I, it's, I just want to honor that and say, thank you. This was such a treat. And I also have a really hard time when it's all about me. Like it was really hard for me to not like want to put it back on you and ask you questions. So thank you for letting it be about me. That was, that was really, um, gracious and generous of you. Thank you.
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I want people to hear other people's stories. And so I'm so glad that you were, yeah, willing to come on and do this, excited. And um, I will make sure that everybody has a way to listen to this. And then beyond this, I can't wait for you and I to connect uh, wherever that may be in the world, but it's happening. It's happening. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye, Jill. Bye.